We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. So it's it's encouraging that we have 82 entries already out of 294. And I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of the regulars right away, but I'd encourage everyone to, to throw your head in the ring here. That's a, a nice chunk of change for something you just listen to a podcast for, what, an hour for. So Awesome. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Bazo. Welcome in and welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Bramlett, and I go by B underscore on Twitter, and I'm here with J.D. Bazo. What's up, everybody? And J.D., we uh, are here to break down the second straight midweek slate we've had for MLS, but this one's even bigger and better because it is the 3K Super Sub Special, one of the bigger MLS tournaments we've seen on DraftKings all year and in a couple years probably. So uh, $1,000 yeah. first prize, and uh, we've talked a little bit about – a little bit uh, in you know just in conversation and also in the Road to Wire Discord already about – kind of the ridiculousness of this prize as far as 33% being sent to first and uh, just how that doesn't really grow the game and that doesn't really leave as a, the maximum number of people feeling good about their experience necessarily. If you came in third or fourth or fifth, you, you don't really get a very decent prize. You still you only get like 10x of your entry or less than that for fifth. And, you know, fifth is 100 bucks, which is 10% of first. All, all these numbers are just absolute joke and you know we don't need to dwell on it too much because this debate gets had a lot on twitter every day among uh, dfs hardcore people but i would love your thoughts jd just real quick what what what, where do you stand yeah well i'll say this there's there's two things that you want to see if you're playing on DraftKings a lot especially for mls one of them is larger prize pools and one of them is larger prize pools with a better payout structure and and i'll take half of that because it's like it's better than these seven hundred and fifty dollar tournaments we've been getting uh, some weekends. I think it has been back up to a thousand prize pool lately, but this is three times that. So um, it does definitely draw people in seeing that you can win a thousand dollars in the seven hundred and fifty dollar prize pool. What is it usually like? 
250 yeah oh it's usually like 150 if that yeah for sure right so that doesn't really motivate me to spend a lot of time building lineups if like my maximum takeaway is 150 Mm -hmm. obviously you can win multiple spots but i mean that's like i said that's a lot of effort for not a lot of payoff so this at least there you can justify yourself putting the time in so you can win the the big prize and i'd like to see more of it um, but once you get those initial people in, they're not going to stay if they're losing $12 an entry. Uh, you kind of need more people to get their money back, I think. So it's a, a step in the right direction, but we've been doing this, Andrew and Skylar and I, for a long time. And you've been uh, following as well for a long time. So I think we kind of know that one step in the right direction sometimes is followed by some some steps backwards. So we'll see. I'm always willing to, to give it another chance. and. It does have us excited. We're obviously podcasting on a, a Monday night for the midweek slate. So, right. yeah, hopefully uh, it, it, it's a really tough slate, too. So hopefully listeners can pull some value out of this. The standard MLS DFS GPP is, is chase the C-note, you know, like a $100 first prize. So this is way better. It's going to be tough. It's, like you mentioned, a very tough slate. There's not a lot of value on the slate. I get the feeling that the winner is not going to be someone who's a, necessarily a regular who thinks about the slate and breaks everything down. It's probably going to be someone who lucks into a couple of uh, center back goals or defensive midfielder assists or something like that. But we are going to do our best anyway to give you uh, an intelligent way to approach the slate. It's a, it's a good one because it's a little different than some of the MLS stuff we've seen lately. You know, this, this year's kind of broken down into a, a lot of LAFC slates where you kind of have to make huge decisions on on your salary up at the top on on Carlos Vela or not. It's not so bad at the top of the range here uh, in four position JD this slate, but it is a uh, there's a lot of exp- there's a lot of guys who are pretty expensive, not necessarily one guy who's super expensive. So I don't know if that's better for us or not. Let me break down the slate real quick and then I'll kick it back to you, but there is four games where you know they're within a uh, two and a half hour window, so you won't have the final eleven at lock, which is kind of rough. Uh, you won't have the final two elevens actually. The biggest Vegas mismatch on the slate is Seattle hosting Orlando, but it's the late game. Then you've got Houston hosting Portland, which you will get those elevens before lock. It's an eight thirty game after an eight pm lock. That eight pm game is Toronto FC hosting DC United as a slight favorite, and then Atlanta goes up to Vancouver uh, at 10 o'clock and a slight road favorite. Kind of a pick in that one, but most people I would think would expect Atlanta to beat Vancouver. You know how home and field advantage works in MLS, but uh, pretty interesting slate. Like I said, you're going to be missing a lot of information at log, so that gives some advantage to people who are used to that situation. Uh, JD, what do you like about this slate? What do you hate about this slate? Well, the, the lack of value plays is very frustrating, putting the lineups together. But um, for fantasy purposes, I think all the games are mildly interesting. You know, we have the uh, Port- a Portland team going to Houston, and they've only given up one goal in their last four games. They've kind of turned things around defensively, uh, shored that up. Um, and Houston still are uh, performing like one of the better points-per-game team teams in the league. Their offense has been struggling a little bit, so... Right off the bat, that's like we get to see the lineups, but there's a lot of tough decisions to make with uh, Houston and Portland teams. Um, Seattle, we were already talking that Victor Rodriguez, I think, is injured. Um, yeah, left last game uh, pretty early with an injury. So that means they're either going to play Harry Ship or they could put Jovan Jones or somebody uh, at one of their three left backs that pretty much all of them have attacking capabilities. I think Nuhu would be the next one to go up there, but we're not going to know. And um, it might help us if we we had that decision ahead of time, but there could be some guesswork involved in those lineups for sure. Orlando is never a safe bet, and we have Chris Mueller at fifty six hundred, but we don't know if he's going to start or not. With right. Nani hurt, Nani's hurt, but um, he could be back. And Mueller didn't even start last game when Nani was hurt, so mm-hmm. um, there's which a lot of stuff. Atlanta, that's, which you know that you could yes. expect him to. Have or uh, have a defensive setup, but then you would also expect them to have a very defensive setup going up to at Seattle. So exactly, yeah. And then I mean, DC Toronto is a great game to kick it off because both of those teams are playing pretty well so far this year, and they both actually um, have kind of been—I don't want to say dominant—but they've been really strong offensively, and they've both been really strong defensively as well. So that nothing is easy on this slate. I don't think there was a single easy pick when I was making my lineup and in, in fact we were both making our lineups uh kind of chatting before the podcast and 
we were both having a really tough time just filling it out so we could get started. Yeah, a lot of tough and, choices. And there's two guys that you really want to have both of that you when I said, okay, I'm going to make a dummy, dummy lineup, and you said, well, the one thing you can't do is is have both Pozuelo and Ladero. So, uh, of, of course, that's immediately what I set out to do, and I plugged both those guys in, and I found that I had about 4,600 per uh, guy for my, my last six spots, which doesn't um, sit too well when one of those spots is a forward also. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't easy, but I actually did put a lineup together that I don't hate, but I really don't like at all either. So I don't know that I'll, I'll end up keeping this, but... Yeah, it is kind of a, a weird slate because there's some really good options in that DC Toronto. You would maybe find yourself you could almost go a game stack there and be successful because of of the capabilities. Despite the defensive nature, you could also hold all your PMR for late and and mi- go minimal in the first couple games. Wait till you get those late eleven so you can get the max value out of what might be opening up in some injury spots. I think there's a couple. I think you know. You, what, you, we'll talk a little more about him in a second, but Pity Martinez coming into form for Atlanta is, is going to be a tough guy to fade in, in a late game when you don't know for sure that he's playing. Lodero, another guy you assume he's playing, but you don't know for sure. That's a lot of salary to leave sort of reserved mm-hmm. for late. So it, it's all tough. It's all interesting. You, you can go either way, and, and it'll be, you know, fun. it's just someone who loves to sort of study MLS, DFS, and, you know, soccer DFS in general. I'll, I'll take an interest even outside of the money just as far as like what strategy end up worked just because I'm intrigued by that. But obviously yeah. money, money is the primary interest. Uh, let's go position by position and start up at the top at the forward position. And Nico Ladero, uh, we're going to – we'll get to midfield in a second. When you're weighing the Ladero decision, it's kind of him versus the midfielder Pozuelo. But just as we start to go positionally, what do you like or dislike about playing Ladero in the lineup here? I mean, with Ladero, you get the safety, and then you get a, him against a bad team. So he's at home. He's getting a ton of crosses. He actually did shoot last game three shots. He always draws a couple fouls. So you know you're getting double digit, digits, almost definitely. Um, and that that's not bad for 10,600 at all. There's an easier opponent than Pozuelo has. Um no V Rod, so that you know V Rod maybe you poached mm-hmm. a little bit of his set piece stuff, just a hair. You know you don't have to worry about that as much. So, yeah, sure, that's very true. Um, Ladero, I mean Ladero is just one of the most immense uh, free kick set piece takers in the league in terms of volume because Seattle's really good, especially at home. Uh, but Pizuelo's at home as well, so it's it's tough. The one bonus that Ladero has over Pizuelo, I think, apart from what I already mentioned, is that he's forward eligible. Pozuelo right. is not. And you could see that as a bonus. I mean, it's obviously better than just being midfield eligible. But these forward spots, we have to occupy them with high-priced players, I think, because there's no value plays. And um, here I'm kind of looking at goals, but Ladero provides a, a nice compromise for both because Orlando definitely have been known to give up penalty kicks, and Ladero should be taking those. Right. And, uh, you know, he's, he's done really well at sort of getting his Aiden Hazard on and drawing fouls lately. He's drawn five, six, seven fouls a game, last four or five games, which is great. Something he's always been good at, but he's shown even more recently. Uh, he's with, with V-Rod out, he's probably going to have the ball at his feet even that much, a little bit more than he, you know, already all dominates it in open play possession. So that's more chance to draw fouls. It's tough to see myself not playing. Ladero. We'll talk about Pozuelo, who's in a good spot, but maybe not quite as good uh, down to midfield. But as far as that lack of value, it's what you were saying. You know, you mentioned Mueller at 5,600, and we'll get down to him. But between the, the big gap between 10-6 and 5-6 has about 15, 16 guys good available. Good players. In it. Yeah, 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 good players, but... I mean, Rui Diaz, as I go down the list, Rui Diaz and Altator for your, your high price goal scores Wayne Rooney to give you that floor plus upside that's there at least just goes off and he's back at home after uh, so so showing you have to imagine he's motivated the supplementary Houston pieces are always there in play you know so but notice has been firing off a ton of shots lately too Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so and Portland Portland finding some form lately but this is a really tough road matchup and they still haven't proven that they're great so yep absolutely and now we didn't even get to Joseph Martinez yet, who's on a tear. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
I mean, Blanco is next. He's been accumulating a lot of points. He had um, seven crosses and eight shots last game. And his game definitely suits, you know, the counterattacking style that you imagine Portland would be playing at Houston, too. Right. And then yeah, Freddie Montero, Montero. New, newly minted set piece taker for the <laughs> uh, Whitecaps, Freddie Montero. Yeah, I think he had like, what, five or six corners, and he also had three shots on goal, so got to be happy with that. And he that was after he was benched for a little while, uh, I believe. At least, I think, one or two games here or there. Um, so I don't know, it looks like he's kind of found a little bit of form that he didn't have earlier And some season. fantasy floor, too. I mean, which, you know, I mean, if you're if you're taking set pieces at home as a forward, you're, you you got to be considered in play, even though I don't, I mean, man, like, I just think, of, I laugh almost when I think about the idea of playing Freddie Montero, but. Especially against Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Atlanta have allowed the lowest number of shots on target per game in the league. It's 3.1, which is uh, way below a lot of teams. I was wondering why Guzan hadn't conceded so many goals this year. God, there you go. <laughs> there it is. Uh, that's gotta be it he's just not getting as many opportunities to concede right that's exactly uh, it yeah uh, uh, uh speaking of atlanta vialba looks nice coming off a, a pretty fantastic performance two games ago and really getting in the mix getting in the, the atlanta attack which is starting to click will bruin probably not gonna be the spend there the, you know once you drop below the alba you start getting a little bit more questionable guys but that's a pretty high price to pay you're still up at 7800 and, and right for like guys like questions. hamilton dwyer morris those are guys that really aren't much guarantees but if you pay 6700 for dom dwyer on the road at seattle uh <laughs> with no nani expected to be in the lineup you deserve the red card that he's going to no, get. You deserve the $1,000 that you're going to win when he scores the hat trick, <laughs> basically. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I don't see too many other people having him. but No, probably not. Uh, you got to go. Like, we, we did mention Mueller, and I'm not I, – I have a really hard time depending on him to be my – second forward and waiting an hour and a half to find out if he's even going to play. But yeah, we have uh, to get a strong inkling ahead of time. Yeah. You'd have, you would for sure. Uh, there's, you could maybe be a little bit more, a little bit less risky. Uh, if you go down to 5,200 and play last for Vancouver, but he's even not a guaranteed start either. So. Yeah. It, so I, I think the thing is you can pivot to last if Mueller isn't in. That makes sense. That, you makes, should, that would be your backup. You'll have the lineups, um, but that's a that's only four hundred dollars. So I guess that is the backup plan. Right. Uh, the one that's way down on the list uh, that I'm hesitant. Tesho Akindeli did start for Orlando last game. If they, you know, I don't know how he did. Let me check real quick. I, I don't love the idea of playing him at Seattle. And when they he started at Atlanta, he only put up three point five points, so it didn't even come close to making value. Uh, if you go. The one name to look out for, and I'm hesitant to even give this one away, although there are no secrets here, but uh, if Lucas Milano was to start for Portland, he's been coming in off the bench. If he if he earned a start at 4K, even a tough <laughs> matchup, I think you'd have to consider him. So. Yeah, earned in giant quotation marks. <laughs> well, he comes in, you know, he comes in as a late sub in a lot of games and gets a shot off or a cross off. Or, so, you know, I, I figure his per his per 90 is, is about, you know, uh, a three quarters of a point, half a point per minute. So, you know, he, <laughs> <laughs> he right. could be all right. We'll see. We'll see. There I, you I, go. I don't hate his ability to, uh, to at least at, at 4K, I would think he could get you five or six points in a forward spot if he was to start. So, and that might help you out in some other spots. That might help you get plus away a little there. But, and we will know if he, if he does pull some, you know, magic luck box start. Uh, mm -hmm. We will know that by lock. So, something to consider. Sure. But yeah, that's the forward spot. Uh, yeah, overall, I think we, we didn't go too in depth, but it seems like. What, sorry, you, overall, you were saying what? I was just saying overall, like wrapping up the forward spot. I I do feel like it's one of these situations where we're talking more tournament today, GPP, than we are cash. And I, there's there's so many high floor or high ceiling guys that you have to swing for the fences at forward. Right. The one thing you can do, which I think is kind of a fool's errand it's certainly not scientific but if you want to add a little bit more you know of an input into your the artistic process of of lucking into a, a brace or a hat trick is look at the anytime goal scorer odds and maybe just at least compare that to the price list where 
You see Joseph Martinez with the second highest goal scoring odds, but he's down at the seventh or eighth most expensive forward. And that's just a spot where, at least by the numbers, you're getting some type of leverage there, I would have to think, you know, especially maybe it's because he's away. That, But I'm not really too fearful of the Vancouver defense. So, uh, you, you know, Minotas is up there as the third highest guy to score a goal, and he's the sixth highest priced forward. Uh, the the whole system kind of falls apart when you look at the fourth highest scorer odds on the list, which is uh, Terrence Boyd. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh no! So, so then then that's when my massive uh, use the goal scoring odds theory starts to fall apart. But uh, but you know because because of the way that whole system works, it kind of just depends on what team you're on, whether or not you're even going to start. That's why a guy like Boyd can be quote unquote more likely to score according to Vegas than Wayne Rooney or Albert Elise or Nicola Darrow, but. What I really do think it points to is is maybe there's a, some value there in Joseph Martinez. What do you think of that? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Vancouver have been playing better lately, and they seem to – sometimes they look like they figured everything out, like that one nothing win against LAFC, and then other times you you realize that, wow, maybe they actually didn't. But they are undefeated in three straight, and the one before that was just a one nothing loss on a – really tough double game week, the second leg of it. So they haven't lost on rest in over six games. Uh, the other thing that, you know, when you're looking at it from a DFS point of view is if Atlanta scores three goals, you know that Joseph was involved in, you know, two to all three of them, almost certainly. Yeah. If Houston scores three goals, at least could get shut out. Minotas could get shut out. Kyoto could get shut out. Tomas, Martinez, Memo could get shut out. You don't know where three Houston goals are necessarily coming from. So sort of the spread of that production makes you a little more wary at the spend, whereas things are a little bit more focused and filtered toward Joseph in the Atlanta attack. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally. I, yeah, I think um, – I, I guess it's stackable, Joseph and Pity Martinez both, but I, I also think on the other hand it's on the road on a really far road trip – to a Vancouver team that, like I said, has been playing better. So I don't know if I'm playing both. And Midweek Pitty's after a, playing on Sunday. Yeah, and Pity's a much better price. All right, well then let's uh, let's get to midfield and tell me about Pity and tell me about some of the other guys uh, up above him. Yeah, so I think, I mean, we'll start with Pity right away. He, uh, he had a very nice goal this past weekend. Barco's out, his confidence is high, and he's on... Some set pieces. I know Gressel also is taking uh, mm-hmm. some of the corners, but um, I think it's a great spot for Pity because Vancouver are not going to control the game. I mean, they might clog it up and make it ugly, but um, that's still going to give Pity chances, whether it's fouls drawn or getting through on some broken plays in the defense. And I just think that the confidence is everything. And if he starts, which I assume that he will, um, I think it's going to be a really nice play. Atlanta have been way better than uh, a lot of people thought they were going to early on or maybe even still recognize right now. Um, they're near the top in shots for as well on target, not only near the top in uh, shots against on target. So, I mean, overall, they're playing really well, and it's hard to really pick a Vancouver player to go against them other than Montero with the floor. Yeah, pretty much. I, the... I, I don't mind. There is there actually is one Vancouver midfielder that has been playing a lot that I'll be taking a close look at because he has a conspicuously low price uh, coming off a couple of good games. Get there in a minute, but I do like Pity, and I'm I'm kind of looking at you know you got to compare Pity at seventy four hundred or excuse me uh, seventy two hundred yeah, yeah. seventy two Gressel seventy four. So yeah, you know, let's talk talk both of them. Uh, Pity and Gressel both sitting you know as split set piece takers in a high flying attack who are very likely to get secondary assists compared, you know, for what is it? $4,000 cheaper almost than Pozuelo. That that's, you know, that's like uh, Pozuelo needs like an assist uh, assist in a couple of their stats to make that up, you know, as far as a point per dollar perspective. So you, plus not to mention what it does for, as far as the construction of the rest of your lineup, that's saving. So, uh, could you could you play the Atlanta guys and fade Pozuelo? If you have Ladero, I guess. But Pity's or Pozuelo rather is really tough for me to fade. I'm just gonna throw that out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk about he him because he's obviously yeah. been one of the best newcomers DFS wise into the league this year. Yeah, he has eight games that he's played in. Um, they're all, I believe, his first one was 79 minutes, but that one he had a ton of points, so I'm not gonna discard it at all. 
So in eight full 90s, he has 24 or more points in half of them. Um, and he's only scored goals in three of them, so one of those came without a goal. Um, I just think like the, the upside is with Pozuelo more than almost any other player on the slate, and the downside is really safe. So for me, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of crosses, um, offset pieces, Toronto are at home. Um, and this is kind of like a big clash of two teams that are thinking they could win the East this year. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just checked my cheat sheet, uh, the Rotowire cheat sheet. DC second most crosses per 90 allowed of any team on the slate. Kind of interesting. Not what I would have expected. Yeah, I actually wouldn't have expected that either. Um, but trying to think why, but I'm not yeah. really certain. I would have thought Orlando. Orlando's actually down low on that list. Vancouver actually conceded the most, so. Orlando are sneaky better defensively in general. Um, they allow a lot of shots, but they allow a lot of low percentage shots, I think. Right. But, and uh, things change home and away, obviously. If you, if you, yeah, yeah. If I change, actually, if you change it to away, DC allows by far the most crosses on the slate. So there, there you go. Yet, yet more uh, signs, you know. I don't always go. Uh, I don't treat those as religion. Uh, the the especially this team early. stats conceded per match, but they do they do mean something, and you know. Yeah. It so, is a, I, yeah, Josie's so. back too, by the way. So I mean that that helps Pozuelo. I imagine Josie's sure. back. He he subbed in last game, so I think he'll probably start this one. Sure, someone to cross to for real. So it's you based on how the we, savings are real, man. That four K is yeah, a lot. Uh, I don't know, it's tough. Based on based on how we've talked, I think you're leaning Ladero and I'm leaning Pizuelo. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. But I think so. The, yeah, the savings are great, but you better use those to get another explosive player. That's so that would so be hear me out. Yeah. So I watched DC against Sporting KC. I think granted it was Sporting KC who's just the walking wounded this at this point of the year, they're just their injury problems are extraordinarily bad. But DC put Russell Canoes back in the starting lineup. They took Durkin out, and uh, earlier in the year, they were really shutting teams down and just absolutely just wreaking havoc in the midfield and just preventing the ball from even transitioning from you know back to front for their opponents. So Canoes came back in, and they did the same exact thing to Sporting KC. It was really tough for KC to get get going and, and you know get the ball forward up to, to Russell and Shallowy and whatnot. And I just wonder, is it possible that Knauss is back and ready to go and ready to just, you know, mad dog that midfield again? And is that potentially – are we potentially going to get the Pozuelo floor game and it's the first game of the slate and then all of a sudden you're sitting there just like <laughs> Daryl bomb to drop on your head? It just it could be brutal. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree. Toronto have also lost their last two home games, although the other four home games, they've had multi-goal games in each one of them. Um, DC have only allowed four goals on the road in five road games. So, I mean, that's a little devil's advocate, but Pozuelo just feels to me like one of those must-have players sometimes. Yeah, all, and I've watched him the play. Time. Like, when, yeah. you, when you watch him on the eye test, you kind of, you don't necessarily feel like some that he's going to be shut down by tactics necessarily. He'll probably just draw more fouls, right? So, Yeah, it just feels like he's going to find a way to produce. And Ladero has burned me enough times this season that I'm, I'm really considering not getting burned again. I'll go with the guy that hasn't really burnt me yet. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I, fair enough. Yeah, Ladero definitely has shown he's had more duds than Pozuelo, for sure. Can't deny that. Yeah, It's, it's super tough because the matchup for Ladero is better. Right, right, right. If only you could just knock, you know, a grand off each of these prices, we'd be in business. <laughs> Honestly, it would still be hard if they did that, but yeah, it would be better. Yeah. Definitely so better. as we go down some of the other, you know, again, you have to ask yourself all the same questions about the Houston guys in midfield that you, you asked in four because you got Memo at 77, Tomas at 75. Uh, where do you fall on, on those guys? Are you more of a Memo guy in 2019 than Tomas Martinez? I am, but Memo's too pricey for me. I, he takes some set pieces. If he took all of them, then I would be in, I think. But, but he, I mean, Lundquist is there and also Kyoto. Um, you never know when Tomas could pop back up and take some. Mm-hmm. And Elise takes penalties, I'm pretty sure. Um, so Or Minotis. Um, so Memo just doesn't get enough uh, enough pieces of the pie for me to 
pay 7700 when I could pay uh, 100 more for Valeri. I know he's on the road, but Valeri crosses alone could outproduce Memo. Yeah. Yeah, Valeri's getting back into form. Uh, one guy Valeri, kind of... Valeri tends to have a bunch of huge or a couple huge games that really have been bringing up his uh, a lot of mediocre games. But right, his when... fantasy points per game will be very high just based on that Colorado game in, in week one, right? So. And last game, I feel like um, he was he created like nine chances or something ridiculous. Fourteen crosses, nine chances at Vancouver last time. Nice, Diego. I love it. I'm I'm a big Valeri fan. I mean, I, I love. Him. I do think he's. He's lost a bit of a step here this year after MVP season last year, but one yeah, of my favorite just, players to watch always. Oh, so. for sure. And just like in terms of uh, big moments and just being a great person, uh, right. probably my favorites all time, right. personally. Give him a run with the national squad. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can't do that much worse than Messi, right? Right, right. He's you know they. I think they've never you know they've won more games with him than than with Messi. So. <laughs> Percentage-wise. <laughs> Double-check double that one. But. Uh, Luciano Acosta, I don't see it. He had a pretty bad game, even in great circumstances against Sporting KC. He just was kind of invisible. And it was really uh, Ariola really doing everything up front, with, along with Rooney and, and Lucho Rodriguez and Jara. So um, I'll play I'll play pity over Luciano for sure, for 100 less. You know, we mentioned Harry Ship could probably get uh, the surprise start, or, or the uh, spot start, I should say, over V-Rod, but... He's still seven thousand. I don't really see myself paying. Uh, if he's forty five hundred, then we're in business. But seven thousand, yikes! Absolutely not. Yeah, Buana has seen some playing time for Seattle, down to fifty nine hundred. Hasn't really been doing anything. Not really that productive. Uh, he had one game with six shots, three on goal, and still only had eleven point five points. So he had nine points from shots and only about two and a half uh, in ninety minutes against San Jose. So. Oof. Not going to truly trust Buana. Even his outlier game, he didn't do that well. So, uh, but this price is a little conspicuous. But it, he he's a candidate for potential rest with uh, the midweek and coming off the the Sunday with DC. But Paul Ariola at for fifty seven hundred, he's just doing way too much to be priced that low. I feel at this point. Yeah, totally agree. And that's actually a good point that DC played Sunday. Um... Less rest than some of these other teams on the slate, but Ariola fifty seven hundred is the kind of play that you uh, you need to use if you're gonna squeeze in some big guns. Yeah, thinking about that DC maybe not being rested and maybe rotating. I'm I'm drifting back towards Pozuelo. Uh Andy Polo, man, could can you imagine if Andy Polo would ever be as good the player that we all wish he would be for fantasy? I mean, he's got well, remember- eligibility. He's cheap, but you just he's always terrible. You just he's never good. I think it was the Copa America. I remember him being a big deal in the last time. Not a big deal, but like he was pl- uh, playing well for Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, I used him in daily fantasy there. Um, and then I thought coming to Portland, he he would be like a weekly kind of player we'd have to think about. But he's more like a weekly player I never think about. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, hey, we have, we'll have another summer tournament this year for Peru, right, with the uh, the Copa that maybe we'll Yeah, get maybe it'll be good then. Yeah. Lucho Rodriguez, cheap uh, for 4400 Could definitely see him, you know, find his way onto a tourney-winning lineup because his goal upside is there. and He's, he's cheap. He can make the rest of your lineup fit, but uh, probably not a floor piece for any type of cash lineup for sure. But I don't hate him for a, uh, for a goal chase yeah, to win the GPP for sure. Yeah, definitely not. And uh, speaking of sorry, yeah, DC being on short rest, I think we could uh, hope at least for Steber, and we would get to see the lineup. So, forty seven hundred if Zoltan is in, I would uh, think about that. We may not yeah. have Zoltan, but we have Zoltan. <laughs> right. Ha- hashtag Zoltan always gets there. I mean, Zoltan, one of my all time favorite twenty eighteen DFS MLS plays. And he hasn't been getting in the lineup really ever since Rooney got there. He kind of started the process of him being phased out of the starting 11. But, man, Zoltan. I just want to post the GIF in the chat, J.D. I got to admit, I just <laughs> want to post the Zoltan GIF in the chat for once in 2019. Is that so much to ask? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about because I don't really follow the Roto-Wire chat. <laughs> <laughs> 
my man, you're missing out, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm the king of the gifts there. I have I have too many chats, but when I'm in, you're you're always dropping great gifts. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well, once we left Slack and moved Don't to Discord. Yeah. <laughs> once we left Slack and moved to Discord, it ruined all the notifications I had up for MLS and my name and whatever. So now I don't get notified when. Yeah. Because most of it's about other leagues. Let's be honest. Uh, I think, all the I prep... think you're not alone there. Yeah, I, I prefer yeah. Slack too myself. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Premier League's done, so now maybe more of the chat's going to be MLS. Right. Right. Uh, what is? You know, if we, I don't think this guy's going to start because we expect it to be shipped. But if for some chance it was Wingo over ship for 4,100, do you feel a little bit better about that? Um, from what I remember about Wingo, is he's kind of a Jordan Morris type. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's accumulating very many points. No, and but he's cheap. And he's not scoring like Jordan Morris either. Yeah, and he's in the late game, so you'd have to just—it would probably be a part of some complete reconfigure of your lineup at that point, anyway, right? Right, and I'm not saying I wouldn't use him if he starts, but that's definitely less than ideal. Someone who's more likely to find his way into your lineup in this price range is the guy you mentioned to me right before we started recording. You said uh, we may have to play Bradley again. Please tell me that's not true. Michael Bradley, yeah, could be. You never know. The thing is, Michael Bradley gets you a floor. I know you don't need a floor this week. You need a ceiling. But Michael Bradley uh, does a lot of stuff. And opens up the rest of the lineup, yeah. There is yeah a but there's other guys too that do yeah. that here. Yeah, there's a ceiling play that I like in this price range, who I, meant, I hinted at earlier. Uh, not the best matchup at, at, against Atlanta, but he's been playing. He's been scoring. Lucas Venuto at 4K. He's been up as part of a front three. And I, I'm going to find it hard to stay away from him, I think, if I see him. I'm probably going to put him in my life and hope that he's starting. Not that I necessarily expect a ton from him, but I think he's a better bet to give me seven to eight points than Bradley is and maybe even get a goal to get himself up to, like, the 15 range. So. Yeah, I mean, Bradley has more goals than him this year. Well, he has in, a lot more minutes, right? One I mean, game. In one game, he actually has more goals. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Venuto has been scoring maybe in practice, but he only has one goal against Colorado during uh, actual MLS play. Well, if we go back, you know, a little over a month, let's go back six weeks to the Galaxy game. Venuto's bringing a pretty strong, you know, five point floor. He's at 4K. He's at home. Rested. And he has the yeah, upside. Rested. Just, just coming off the bench. bench. Sure. Yeah, so. We'll see. I may be just. I, like I may. It. I may You're be like just bitter because I, I didn't play Venuto in the in the Friday night showdown, which has also become a, a staple. Is is a Friday night MLS showdown with Vancouver in it because I don't know why they have to play all these Friday nights. But I faded Venuto. I played Wong in Biom and uh, because I'm a creature of habit and I'm a fish, and Wong was terrible and Venuto <laughs> scored. Or Venuto got an assist, I think. So I just it was, it was a mess. Man, I remember years ago it was always, always Houston or Dallas on Friday night because it was Unimas. So they got the uh, Spanish language in there, okay. and then for, for the first like twenty minutes, they were telling you how to switch to the uh, SAP commentary in English, and they were way worse than the Spanish. So you just left it on Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. about back in the day, that was like a year and a half or two years ago. <laughs> it's just hey. You know, I, I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker, but I'm uh, pretty familiar with the language just based on my background and some of the people in my life. And uh, uh, I love to listen to the Spanish language broadcast, even though I don't catch every single word. I think it's a chance to yeah. brush up in a little bit and just, you know, For make sure. you more aware of things that are different out in the world. So. Yeah. And when your alternative is Paul Caligiuri, then I will speak <laughs> Spanish all day, even though I don't know it very well. Right, right. And it's always a trip seeing, you know, uh, Marcel Balboa, you know, in the Spanish booth. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> That uh, whatever. Marky Delgado is a Bradley alternative if you think he's going to be more offensive. But he's yeah, probably... that, is a, that is a pretty cheap price for him. Yeah, his, he has, doesn't have a shot on goal since March, but he has been getting up there. He's been getting up there. He hasn't been doing anything, but he's been getting up there. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be more attacking, and but I Bradley without Pozuelo this year, I think he was more attacking. Bradley. But now he's more reserved again. Yeah, so. yeah. Once Pozuelo uh, got his uh, work permit issue sorted out and got into the starting eleven, it was pretty much bye bye Bradley from a DFS point of view. There's a yep. real sharp drop if you look at his game log. So, 
Uh, probably way too much to hope for a uh, Ulysses Segura to get back into the starting lineup for DC. Although there, there's a rotation candidate, but I, I don't think I'm going to see it. Uh, you know, would you play any of the central midfield guys in terms of a Chara or a Nagby and just any not in tournaments? No. They just yeah, don't have the upside, right? You're just not. Yeah, we need upside. Forward. Yeah, even if it's like a really tall midfielder with header upside or something, but uh, that's not Chara. Although Chara like has a sneaky. At the end of the year last year, I feel like he had a couple goals in a row, and they were unleashing him more. But um, yeah, I'm not playing Chara. What I really hope, I'm just gonna hope that a lot of the uh, game log watching fish that aren't actual. Uh, play, DFS players that don't really know how it all works. I hope that they uh, go big on Chris John Roldan because he's up at 6,800 and he scored back-to-back goals. But I mean, this is guy like <laughs> don't play, don't Colossos. play the well, Yeah, yeah, right, back-to-back Colossos. But if he doesn't get these goals, I mean, he he's a guy who's giving you two-point floor, three-point floor. So yeah. do not pay 6,800 for that. I mean, he's not yep. going to score again. So, which of course just guarantees me saying that guarantees he will, but. Uh, it's tough because we, like you said, we, it's really tough to pay down at forward. You don't want to pay down a midfield, but you may have to. You need, I think, one cheap midfielder because yeah. I think you need to pay up at forward. Honestly, yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as choosing that cheap midfielder, good luck. Uh, we'll we'll go to defense now, and uh, you're probably gonna be going cheap at defense again. Also, we. Morera, shout out to Morera, uh, Jorge Morera for Portland. He's worked his way to the top of the salary list after being where he's a he beast. Start? He started at thirty two hundred on April sixth, and uh, just uh, five weeks later, he's the most expensive defender on DraftKings, and he's earned it. He's he's been amazing. He's he's just so productive. I love playing him. I don't think I'm playing him on this slate. Nope, me either. Yeah. Brad Smith, however. Obviously, it's going to depend on on how things line up, as we as you hinted at with Nuhu and with Jovan Jones, who's not in the player pool but could make his way into the Seattle lineup, uh, and Brad Smith. Uh, where they all fit in is going to be kind of tough to to tell as far as building your lineup. But Brad Smith's always in play, right? Yeah, but not on this slate. Why not? Because uh, how do you have the money to play him? That's just my only thing. Well then. Uh, all due respect to some of these guys at the top, but let's move down and tell me the mo- <laughs> tell me that where your consideration list starts on the yeah. side. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I think if we mention those guys, we have to mention Adnan, who is also one of the best fullbacks in the league. And it's um, at home. Yep. Yeah, at home. Has some sets. Yeah, he could. I mean, eventually at some point he could have all sets. It, it totally depends. But he gets into the deep offensive territory every game yep. and creates. Um Lundqvist could take some set pieces, 4,900. That's still just not in my price range, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess some people would think about Escobar because Atlanta are so likely to get a clean sheet. They've been getting clean sheets right and left. Escobar, I got to say just about this guy. Escobar is one of the players that I think he really enjoys it when he gets a yellow card. This guy gets carded on the regular. He's like, (laughs) if he hasn't gotten carded by the 60th minute, he starts getting nervous. He starts looking around for a guy to heart foul. It's, it's really dicey. So I love his game. He gets involved in the attack and he'll turn, he, he'll turn up with a goal, but man, he's a card. He enjoys it. That's because he was a LGP took him under his wing and showed him how to get yellow cards every game. I think we're on to something here, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, but no, so why I mean, would you play Escobar when you could play Jara, right? I mean, right, probably, except uh, Jara is less likely for the clean sheet. But yeah, that's only like literally what two points. True. Yeah, De Leon is like not getting any points lately, no matter where he lines up. So we can skip him. Great hair, uh, though. Great hair. I guess it must be said. <laughs> yeah, Moutinho. Like, if he starts, we're not going to know until the end. So you can't really reserve a. Orlando spot with confidence, and, and it's not played, a good match. He played as a winger in a three-five-two against Atlanta, but he still only put up three point eight points. You know, they're just a big a road. You know, you a lot of times when you're building a DFS lineup, you see the a full. If you see a defender in a three-five-two, it's like oh, I gotta get him, I gotta get him. But like, don't fall for that every single time. It still has to be a good matchup, and I don't see this as a good matchup for Moutinho yeah. or even Ruan. Yeah. You know, higher up the list. 
Exactly. And speaking of De Leon, uh, that's a revenge game, by the way, if that matters to you. Ooh, yeah, and, point. I forgot about that. Yeah, and also Breck Shea, I mean, he pretty much has a revenge game every week because he's been uh, passed around. But, this is uh, his most recent revenge, though, correct? Most recent revenge game, yes. Although he owes Vancouver for even giving him a chance to keep playing, so I feel like he's not that motivated to crush them. But um, I think the first guy we were talking about before the podcast was um, PC for Vancouver because he sometimes has been taking set pieces. He's at home, 4,100. Um, sometimes he plays on the attacking wing, even better. He, uh, I don't know, he does a little bit of everything, but not a lot of anything, unfortunately. But um, when he's up there, he has been like getting some shots. He's drawing some fouls. He certainly could cross. So it, I'm unenthusiastically starting with PC. I I I'm with you. I agree with that. Um I think if you look he hasn't he's been he kind of like got into the starting lineup. He was kind of good and then he started playing really bad again and he's now out of the starting lineup. Uh I I I wouldn't hesitate to put him in there just because of him being at home and being so cheap, but like I I I do have tempered expectations. I feel mm-hmm. I see myself you know looking at center backs and I probably do this too often, but uh, I just see myself looking at center backs on this slate. I, I, That's because every fullback costs too much for what they are. Yeah. yeah. I wish I had the money for some of those big guys up top, but I think in a slate where you're going to be trying to chase goals anyway, I mean, you might like, let's say you pay 5,600 for Marrera or 5,300 for Adnan and they have a really good game for them. And they come back, they bring you eight or nine points. I mean, do you really think you're going to win the thousand dollar GPP with eight or nine points from from five K fullback? Probably not. I mean, that'd be great for a cash game, but I think your best bet is actually to try to go cheaper and pick out a spot where you can get a guy who, you know, a center back who may only get one or two shots, but one of them goes in, and then all of a sudden you're talking about a huge return on your salary. Plus, you've opened up for a few more explosive guys in other positions. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm focusing too much on this here, but. I'm with you. And I mean, especially uh, for instance, uh, Brian Rowe is terrible at set pieces, at defending set pieces. He's mm-hmm. small. He's not aggressive. He uh, tends to seemingly get hurt a lot. So I think mm-hmm. maybe that he's even more timid. Um, and Seattle are pretty aggressive. They're center backs right. on set pieces. Marshall and Kihi uh, or Torres, you know, depending on who it would be, would all be very aggressive on set pieces. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, honestly, Steve Clark also is not good on set pieces. So that would be Portland's starting keeper um, if you want to think about some Houston guys. Now, there are, if you just absolutely can't do it and you have to have fullbacks, there are a couple real cheap fullbacks you can try to squeeze in. They're both on the road, but I did jam these guys into my dummy lineup just just to stay on brand because I'm the fullback guy. And uh, Pedroso for D.C. got, got the start. Uh, he just came over from Dallas. He played left back. He was kind of defensive, kind of covering for Lucho Gonzalez, who, you know, tends to maraud and bomb forward and get a little bit out of position. So he didn't attack too much, but he he was there. He was in left back. He did get up a little bit. He, he wouldn't be the worst option. We've seen him have some good games for Dallas in his previous uh, club as well. And then you got 2,900. Uh, I know you don't keep up too much with the Rotowire chat, as you just mentioned, but our, uh, the, our good friend, uh, Ivaldo Basso, who uh, the king of MLS volume, if nothing else, uh, he shouted out, you know, Zarek Valentin and said, this guy's game logs, you know, he plays 90 minutes every game and he never does anything. And he was right. You know, this is a guy, I think he played, he started every game last year too. He's played almost every minute in MLS for a year and a half now. And I swear to God, the guy has only gone over five DraftKings points, maybe one time in all that span. <laughs> so, and he's playing fullback. He's getting all the minutes and he's down at 2,900. And I think if you play him, you're a fish, but what do you think? <laughs> I I don't hate it that much, to be honest, because he's so cheap. And, I mean, otherwise it's center back. Um, Valentin, I think most of the time when he's out there, he looks like a pretty decent player. And he used to be more attacking before Portland needed all the help they could get uh, with people staying back in defense because they're that bad back there. Um, so, yeah, he's not going to get you a ton of points, and you may as well go for the center back goals. But if you are trying to get like a four to five point floor from crosses, uh, I could see it. He's going to be pinned back though because he's going against uh, 
probably Kyoto, right? Kyoto's yeah. on the Kyoto left on wing. The side, yeah. Potentially Memo, but right. So, like you said, not great. I do like Pedroso a lot more going against Lucas Rodriguez. Um, for anyone that was confused by Lucho Gonzalez oh. drop there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I got my mix up my Gonzalez and Rodriguez. Uh, awful. Right. And then there's Lucho's right and left, too. So I just wanted to make sure that, that everybody, because uh, yeah. he is on a new team. He's I guess on I need DC. To go listen to, I, I got to go back and listen to some more Spanish broadcasts, you know, <laughs> clearly. No, it happens, happens to the best of us for sure. There's so many names. Yeah. Oh, good. But there's. But yeah, uh, well, Pedroso isn't bad. It's not a it's not a great matchup. But again, I, and he very well might not even play, so it's tough sure. to say. But sure. Uh, look at you know any any of these guys you see. Just make sure you check. You know, always one thing you should do as if you're in any contest really. But the, as soon as the the lineups drop, you need to check every guy that's that's on the lineup and just see. Make sure you know who they are, how much they cost, and where they're at because. Even I, who play all the time, I play every single soccer slate there is. I, even I sometimes miss a guy who is a spot starter, a cheap fullback, you know, who, who got inserted in the lineup. I'm thinking of Kyle Smith. You know, he's been out of the lineup for Orlando, but he's 3,900. I wouldn't hate him as much as I hate uh, Valentin. So that's a fullback to watch out for. There's a couple others. Yeah, it's Slim Pickens, and if you can find some value you like early, just get it in, and that way you don't have to worry about it. That's my opinion, this, this slate. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, the construction is tough, but I do think you're going to end up paying up at forward and then down in at least one midfield and one defense spot. Would you say that's pretty much the standard? Absolutely. Even paying up at just one or paying down at one defender spot is, still makes it tough. But, yeah. And I think that's that's pretty much how cash lineups will be built, and I think that will also be how some GPP lineups are, are mostly focused also. So the, the players within those – Construction as well, this would be a little different. Um, we didn't talk about goalkeeper last time, and I completely just absolutely borked the slate. So let's talk about goalkeeper first, <laughs> just in case so I don't screw myself here. We talked about one goalkeeper, right? Whichever <laughs> I think I said Willis, and then you were like, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I was like, now everyone's going to use Willis. Jerk. Yeah. That's all right. I don't, I, Willis didn't do good, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm on. I can't remember if I'm on a cold streak or hot streak with goalkeepers. I've been playing way too many slates, so I, I, I <laughs> just wish the position didn't exist, as always. But Yeah, well, uh, the nice thing is there's a lot of cheap ones on this I, yeah. slate. Yeah, it seems like this is a slate where you're paying. You're not, you're not necessarily paying up for the clean sheet. You're just going down and hoping to get enough shots to uh, make up for the goals that your guy inevitably does allow. But thirty nine. if we go to the bottom three, you know, you got 3,900 for Rowe. 4,100 for Steve Clark and 4,200 for Hamid. Do you have a preference between those three? Um, I guess I'll talk it out because right now in my lineup is Steve Clark. Um, Thinking about it, Portland allows the most shots on target per game. First of all, I looked this up. Um, 6.1, that's a lot. But if Steve Clark saves five of them, that's eight points. Because he's allowing one, saving five. Um, That's not bad. Definitely not bad. Um, Houston, though, I feel like the way they generate chances, the shots on goal that Portland's allowing are going to be dangerous. So it makes me a little concerned. They tend Uh, to take high percentage shots. Yes, and they're they're more they're more freely open or like beating somebody one on one things like that because of Elise mostly, but um. Mm Brian Rowe is just could get lit up in Seattle, but he could see a ton of shots as well. Um, like I said earlier, I think they allow the fourth most on target, but he's bad. So, yeah, um, yeah. he's clearly the most skilled goalkeeper of that trio on the best defense, but also potentially playing. Well, I don't want to say playing the best opponent because Houston and Seattle are good too. So Hamid's the safest. He's the one that most people will use out of these three. Mm-hmm. However, I'm using Pizuelo. So exactly, the correlation does not want me to be using Hamid um, because you're and, expecting Pozuelo to create or score at least one goal, if not two, to make a value on his salary. Yeah, exactly. And if I'm going for the tournament, and you think everything kind of has to work out, not perfectly, because there's a lot of times where the best tournament lineup still is has a lot of flaws in it. But that's just the way that everyone kind of built their lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's not the end of the world if you play Hamid and Pozuelo, but it's not usually what I like to do. So I probably will just end up with the the keeper out of those three, or even going up to uh, Cropo for Vancouver mm-hmm. is forty five hundred, and he'll see a ton of shots right. against Atlanta, and he's at home, which is nice. But um, it comes down to who aren't you using in your attack. I think just be yeah. able to. I'm going to have a couple lineups, and then that way I'll get exposure to a couple of these cheap goalies, and we'll just hope that uh, one of them hits along with the corresponding attackers. Yeah, I'd have to say Guzan, probably the worst choice as far as being 5,100 <laughs> on the road and facing the least amount of shots, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so even that, if that's just a clean sheet. Right. Yeah. Just a recipe for disaster there. Like That's like all three things were bad. <laughs> uh, Bono, you know, you'd, you'd play him over Guzan for 300 more, obviously, for home and hoping that you know, you, you may not end up with any DC attackers because there's just a lot better options than Rooney and Acosta's kind of a dipping in form. So, uh, you know, uh, Willis and Fry, both really expensive. I would probably go Fry over Willis, even though he will face fewer shots. I think he's much more likely to get the clean sheet. But I'm probably going down to that, that value range just because, as we keep harping on, you want you need to be explosive in your two forward spots and your utility and hopefully your your first midfielder also. Yeah, if if you want to have a really unique lineup, use Fry or Willis because yes. I can't imagine I can't imagine many people are doing that. If you do, it, and I could see it, I get like it could Fry, be leverage. Yeah, yeah. Fry uh, faces the six most, most shots in the league. Seattle allow a lot, but they actually keep a lot of clean sheets as well. Um, that's largely because Fry is really good. And if Orlando threw out like a really defensive bad lineup without Nani, without Mueller, um, I could totally see Fry getting a, a big score, but you're sacrificing a lot at other points in your lineup. Yeah, you'd you'd have to correlate that, I feel, with some really cheap center backs who who scored really, really well to, to get the max value out of of paying up for keepers. So Yeah, and you'd have to find a midfielder you really like that's uh mm-hmm. cheap. Yeah. He he, Marshall Fry stack. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Give me some flicked on assists off corners. You know, with Ladero hockey's forever. There we go. Give you found G. the secret Chase the secret G. recipe. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Uh, yeah, just from uh, from us talking about this. Obviously, an expensive keeper is gonna be what ends up shipping the thing, but it won't be mine. So. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, how many entries are you going to play? Just, you know, uh, since we get a little bit of a big tournament, any, you have any thoughts of that direction? Uh, honestly, myself, I'm probably just going to throw in three. It's kind of, a, it's enough of a crapshoot in terms of the picking the right goal scorers that I don't feel like I need to toss in eight and get the wrong combination with all of them. Um, right. just the Skyler mentality, obviously, is if you have eight chances and you're you're building good lineups that, you have a pretty good shot at getting a big score there. But, I mean, if you come in second or third and you throw in eight, you're not making up. I mean, I guess if you come in fourth or fifth and you throw in eight lineups, you're almost basically breaking even, right? So. Yeah, like the difference between third and fourth is is two lineups, but two extra lineups that you put in, basically, I think. Yeah, I mean, eight, eight, eight entries is max, right? Yeah. So, uh, eight, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's $96 if you max enter, and that's the fifth place price. Right, so you have to come top five there to break even. I mean, you have to place with them, but chances are you're making significantly different lineups, mm-hmm. at least with the goal goal scorers. So that's why I'm just. I think I'll I'll keep a little controlled and I'll pick the the best scores that I like and make sure they don't negatively correlate with my keeper, and then we'll we'll go from there. Hope for the best. Yeah, I was I was lucky enough. I won five tickets in uh, in one dollar satellites. So. Nice. I'll be I'll be playing this one on a discount uh, with five entries, and uh, don't think I'll 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 pay up any more than that. I've, uh, if that doesn't give me enough options, then I'll just have to work yeah. on being as good as Skyler someday. <laughs> it's hard enough to build one lineup for this, honestly. So <laughs> right, right, building eight. That you actually like, yeah, yeah. Although you get you get a one template, and then one of them you use Pozuelo, one you use Ladero, and that makes two lineups and. Mm-hmm. Swap out the goal scorers in another lineup, and suddenly you're you're getting up there without even changing too much. Well, we are, uh, you know, as we record this, we're about 
two days from lock, just under 48 hours from lock of the contest, and it's about 25% full. So we'll see. Hopefully some people respond and come after chasing that $1,000 grand prize, and we get a nice contest, and DKC is a good response for MLS, and things get bigger. But uh, like I said, the key word in that sentence was hopefully. <laughs> I I think so far, I mean, being so far ahead of time, usually the contest isn't even posted yet. True. So it's it's encouraging that we have 82 entries already out of 294. And I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of the regulars right away, but I'd encourage everyone to, to throw your hat in the ring here. That's an, a nice chunk of change for something you just listen to a podcast for what an hour for. So Awesome. Well, we won't go any longer than that. JD, it's always a pleasure. You are the man, and I will see you in the contest, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Nice talking to you, and good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.